to Neither the Time Nor the Space. My name is David, and as ever, I am joined by the intriguing Matt. Hello there. Um, so, we're talking about uh, episode six of series one today, Dalek. Um, before we get into the episode, I've got a bit of a prediction. You know, we don't have to answer this okay, now. Okay, okay. Um, because so far, you kind of bucked the trend in terms of received fan uh, opinions about the episodes we've seen, in that you've tended to praise the episodes that the fandom as a whole maybe is a bit down on, and you've tended to dismiss the episodes that the fandom, or in one uh, particularly painful case, me personally, <laughs> uh, are very fond of. So, I think you're going to absolutely fucking hate this episode. Right, well, I'm going to surprise you again. Oh yeah? Okay, now I, I thought about this, and I've divided all the episodes we've watched to this point, mm -hmm. into four categories. Four categories. Okay. Okay. There are good episodes, mm -hmm. bad episodes, uh -huh. good episodes with bad bits, mm -hmm. and bad episodes with good bits. Okay. Okay. Now, this is secret option number five. Okay. Okay. This is the most meh episode. I neither loved it nor hated it. I... Nothing this episode. Really? You I, have no feelings? It, it left no impression on me at all. I I think that's worse than if you'd outright hated just, it. I, I just watched it and I just thought, yeah, I've watched that. <laughs> I mean, it is no exaggeration to say that this is considered by many to be one of the absolute high points Series one. No. <laughs> um, it is, I mean, to be fair, a lot of the people who say that do tend to be classic Who fans, and obviously, this is the first first big return of a classic villain we've had since the yep. first episode, yep. and it is the most classic of classic villains. Correct, yeah. It is. Even I know who the Daleks are. Exactly. And the intention of this episode, obviously, was to introduce the Daleks for a new generation. Uh, and to make the Dalek scary again. That was its kind of That, that might be where I fall down. Because mm. I, I just, just don't. <laughs> I just... I, I don't buy into them. Yeah. I mean, just... it's a tall order. It's a tall order. They are inherently ridiculous to look at. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But I... I'm going to surprise you again. Mm -hmm. I, I've developed somewhat of a fondness for Christopher Eccleston. And mm -hmm. if his race, the Time Lords, were fighting the Daleks, I, I can't see how the war lasted very long. And I'm sure we'll right. get to that. We will. We will. But, but, um, but yeah, so basically, if the, if the aim of this episode was to make you believe in the Daleks as a credible threat... I, I think it if, has, if this... If episode one of this series was episode one of Doctor Who, full stop, right. I don't think we'd have the attachment to the Daleks that we do. Oh I God, absolutely not. Of course they're, not. They're rubbish. They are you ridiculous. compare these to the Slovene, mm. and, you know, it, it's two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, outwardly, it is so hard to make them appear intimidating because they are overgrown dustbins with sink plungers yeah. attached to it. Yeah. So it, it is a challenge for any writer working with them in the the here and now 
to make them anything other than ridiculous. Yeah. Um, now, interesting, this is, first of all, this is, only the second episode in the series so far to have been written by someone other than Russell T. Davis. Yeah, Robert Shearman. Yes. He's to blame. <laughs> <laughs> he is. So Robert Shearman, um, as with a lot of the uh, guest writers and Russell T. Davis himself in um, in this first series, though he hadn't written for Doctor Who proper, he had written for uh, the extended universe. Yes. Yeah, when he, I did a yeah. little bit of reading around him. Yeah. So you read that this was based on Jubilee. One, oh, big, I didn't know that. Right, so this was... A, 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 basically, he wrote a version of this story for Big Finish as an audio adventure starring the sixth Doctor, Colin Baker. Right. Um, and the same basic premise, a single Dalek in an underground basement. Yeah. Um, but other than that, obviously... Uh, Christopher Eccleston brings his own stuff to it. It ties into the to the narrative of the Ninth Doctor, the Time War, Rose. All of that is additions um, to make it fit with this particular series. But basically, Russell T. Davis loved that particular story, loved Robert Sherman as a writer and the other things he'd done for Doctor Who. Um, so he said, "Can you basically can you riff on Jubilee and do a version of that for for TV for this Doctor?" Right. And we will use that as our entry point for Daleks <laughs> into the new series, okay. and it, that will be the thing that makes them scary again for a modern audience. Okay. So, should we jump in? Yeah, why not? So, we're going all the way back to the 30th of April, 2005. We are indeed. Although the episode is set in 2012. The distant future <laughs> yeah. of 2012. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a, a running joke me and friends have is, whenever you watch the classic Transformers movie... Yeah. It's set in the year 2000. Of course, the most futuristic of and, all years. And growing up in the early 90s, I, yeah. I was disappointed by the millennium. I mean, yeah. What, what did we get out of it? A, we, a weird dome. And a and, Spice Girls gig? Yeah. There was, I mean, we were told that the, we didn't even get the millennium bug. Because mm. that was meant to be such a big deal. Yeah, but... And just nothing happened. Nobody died because as, of the as we know by, So disappointing. As we know by Doctor Who, certainly last episode, computers are so easy to hack. Oh yeah, Buffalo. But, yeah, we were, we were waiting <laughs> for the Millennium Bug. So the episode's set in Utah, North America. Yeah. There's a signal that pulls the TARDIS off course. Yes. Okay, and essentially, once the Doctor and Rose leave the TARDIS, they... Pretty soon work out they're in some sort of alien museum. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, as well as the TARDIS and the Daleks, there was the third reference to Doctor Who that I got here. I recognised oh, yeah. the Cyberman. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well done. So I, I recognise it simply as like Halloween cosplay. Yeah. Would you have recognised it back in 2005? I, I don't know. Probably... I recognise it as a result of the relaunch of Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah. Like I say, I've seen they have toys been, and yeah, they've been around costumes as a, as a result. They, I mean, they are the other big classic villain, really, right. along with the Daleks. Um, when they wanted to give the Daleks a bit of a rest, they'd switch to Cybermen for right. a bit. Because the, the Doctor does say they're an old friend of his. Yes. And he yeah. sort of looks at them longingly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe not the right word. Not, not exactly, but certainly there is there's history there. And there's a Slovene's arm in there. Yeah, I mean, I guess. the only other reference I got. Yeah, I mean, you're more of a fan of Doctor Who. Were there other references to be seen there? 
you know what? I, I always get so distracted by the Cyberman head, I never even bother to check anything. I don't know that there are... If they are, they are so background-y that I've yeah. never spotted yeah. them myself. Certainly the attention's yeah. brought to the Slovene arm and yeah. the Cybermen. So yeah. that must I feel be like, a new fan and I yeah, have that is the That is the real Easter egg of the episode. And when the Doctor interferes with the Cyberman head, I think it is, the alarm goes off. Mm-hmm. Armed guards... Yeah, appear. Don't touch the glass. And you know, rule one of museums. And I just want to go back to a conversation we've had in the past, yeah. where I hate the Doctor Who theme. Yes, because the titles roll at this point in the yeah. episode. This is the first episode we've done since the new launch of Doctor Who. Yeah, I quite like the new theme. Do you know why that is? Because the new theme is a remix of the original theme. Right, the one that I was waxing lyrical about, the Delia Derbyshire theme. It's basically. That, but with a load of big clonking <laughs> per- percussion thrown on top of it. Shall we? Shall we take a second to pause about talk about the new episode? Um, Just yes or no? Did you like it? Yes. Okay. Mostly. Yeah. I. I have. So. Okay. We're gonna. That's by the time we get there, am I gonna be the one that loves Doctor Who, and you're gonna be the sinner? <laughs> <laughs> Is there going to be, you know, a double turn on the cards? Oh, man, I don't think so. Um, I, I I don't... It will take a lot for me to stop loving Doctor Who. Right. Um, it is very different. Um, and as someone who was... Um, we will get there in a while. As someone who was a big fan of the Stephen Moffat era when he was running the show, I really... I, he's a, maybe a controversial figure in the history of Doctor Who, but I'm one of his... Ardent fans, I think he's done a lot more good than harm for the series as a whole, and I really like the way he writes the show. I mean, he needed to to call it a day. Right. It would have gotten repetitive. We needed something fresh, but I'm still at that early adjustment period. It's going to, it feels so different in so many ways that I'm really going to have to. It might not be until by the end of the series that I'm a hundred percent comfortable right. with um, everything. So. But, so uh, it had yeah. 8.2 million viewers, biggest series launch in 10 years. Yeah. Would, would that be David Tennant? Or... I, I think we are going back to David Tennant to yeah. get those kinds of numbers. Those yeah. kinds of numbers. Now, yeah. as you know, because we spent a bit of time together at the weekend, mm. I did a quick poll of my friends and family. Yeah. Okay. The <laughs> um, Not the most generalisable of samples. No. Okay. And I just simply asked, are you going to be watching the new Doctor Who? 18% said yes, 82 said no. Yeah, it's disappointing. Okay. And I can only assume some of those are just sexual bigots. <laughs> <laughs> you know, women haters. I don't think that's the reason. But um, I think it's fair to say there are certain people, especially people of our generation, mm. who didn't grow up with it, who had no nostalgia. Yeah, but I, I, I very much fall into that yeah. category. Yeah, it's only because... I am a very particular kind of nerd that I've ended up getting into it because mm. I, as we've discussed in episode one, I don't, I didn't grow up with it. I, but it always, even when I was little, like it did kind of have this, it called to me. I could, mm. could just faintly hear it. It's one song. of those things, isn't it? People like what they like. And exactly. I, I, it took me up until maybe when I was about 25 that I realized basically everything I enjoy in terms of media and entertainment can all stem from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Right. That triggers 
so many things that I can, <laughs> you know, if I watch a film, if I like it, yeah. I'll be able to do six degrees of separation and I'll get to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. It's always there. Exactly. I'm I'm getting to that point with Doctor Who at this point. Right. Um, I'm not fully there because I, I, obviously I haven't watched all of the classics. I've still yeah. got a bit of a way to go with that. Um, but... Uh, Yes, everything sooner or later relates back to Doctor Who for me. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, overall, I'm 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 feeling positive about the new series. I love Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. I think say same pair of hands there. I haven't seen the episode, but yeah. obviously I've seen Jodie Whittaker doing a lot of press for the series. Yeah, she seems charming. Yeah, what a good egg. Absolutely, she's having a whale of a time. She I, she seems to have. Again, going back to David Tennant, sort of the playful character of yeah. the Doctor. Yeah, she just has that charisma. Yeah, um, and w- which you absolutely need to play this role because you have to sell some utterly ridiculous situations, yeah. and it, it's often the charisma of the actor is what pulls you through the the bad stuff to get to the good stuff. Right. Well, so speak, speaking speak, of, speaking of the bad stuff, uh-huh. um, so <laughs> after the titles, we have. A helicopter that lands. Yes. A helicopter designated Big Bad Wolf One. Or Just Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf One. Yeah. Yeah. Surely nothing. No. Doesn't mean anything. I no, mean, it, no significance. It crops no. up in every episode. But no. it just, it's just a coincidence. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> and we're introduced to Mr. Van Staten. Yeah. Who is basically Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, but a complete fuckhead at the same time. Yeah, um, I, uh, Tony Stark minus the charm. Yeah, yeah, um, a, a broad character and a broad performance, I would say. Yeah, um, I, I think he's probably one of the reasons I wasn't that bothered about this episode. Yeah, you know, the ones we've watched so far, there's been a couple with you know misdirects where yeah. oh the bad guy isn't really the bad guy. Yeah, this guy just clear as day is. Just a tool. Yeah, exactly. And we're so, also introduced to his assistant, Adam Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. The second reason I didn't love, but we'll get on to. We'll get on to. We will save full disclosure here. We have also watched episode seven, um, which we'll, we'll be releasing. We'll get to Adam. Um, we will be talking about Adam a fair bit. <clears throat> so, just shortly then, whilst we are on the topic of Adam. Yeah. Is he a popular character in... No. 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 <laughs> First time ever I've sided with the... Uh... Yeah. I mean, it's it's I... difficult. We will talk more about this in episode yeah. seven, I think. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, Adam in this episode is one of the things that does drag it down a little bit for yeah. me and for a lot of people. Um, because... As much due to the the actor portraying the character, I think, as Bruno much as well written on the from Coronation Street. That's yeah. where I recognised him. Yeah. Well, I recognise him from Coronation Street, and also when he was in the headlines for a sex scandal. But we won't yes. discuss that. We won't go into detail you know, on that. But yeah. pleaded guilty to sexual assault. Yeah. Not not, not a nice man. No, it's fair to say. No. Um, not a good egg. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, Adam is. I think in a different pair of hands, maybe could have been a more interesting character, but all of his scenes do fall a little flat yeah. in well, this. And we'll, it's we'll come to him. He's, yeah. he's a key player in the next episode. Absolutely. Okay. And we see something screaming whilst being drilled. Mm. Okay. So, 
Could it be me, the titular Dalek? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a spoiler, that, yeah, that title. Yeah, it's, it? like, it's not a big setup yeah, or payoff there, is it? They're yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's weird when you're in this pre-spoiler culture and you, you've got the title card coming up, Dalek, in massive yeah. letters, and then they play coy in the episode itself, like, ooh, what yeah. could it be? It's like, I mean, it's probably a Dalek, right? Yeah. yeah. And as a result of his knowledge of the alien artefacts, the Doctor's brought before Van Staten. Yeah. And we find out that Van Staten owns the internet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so did, did you, you didn't enjoy that aspect of the no. character? I thought 4chan on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this is the thing. A lot of people would look askance at that line and that concept. It's one of the things that I absolutely unironically love about this episode. I love that this is a universe where one person can own the internet <laughs> in secret. So not even, presumably not even like the CEO of Google knows <laughs> 2012 yeah i'd completed my degree by then i knew what the internet was <laughs> in some sort of basic primitive yeah. understanding we got to bear in mind you were would have been in your late teens maybe going into your 20s um in 2005 i'd have been yeah. 20 yeah so i think i knew who tim berners lee was exactly like. yeah so but, the, but robert Sherman, a man in his 40s yeah. At that point. And I think this is the thing. You've got to bear in mind, all of the people writing this series are 40-something guys I, I who grew up watching I, Doctor Who in the 80s. I think if I took a picture of Van Staten to my dad and said, Dad, this is the man that owns the internet, and my dad's 60 next year, he'd probably go, oh, right, okay. Yeah. But for our demographic, no. It's a little no. silly. Yeah. But I do enjoy it. And... Because of his understanding of the artefacts, okay, they're taken to the Metaltron. <laughs> yes. Okay, the cage that contains a living sample, and we see the Doctor enter the cage. Yeah. Okay. And I do, can I say, I love this, the establishing shot where it's in complete darkness, and all you can see is the blue light yeah. of the eye yeah. stalk. That yeah. is a neat bit of direction. Yeah, because... If you were unfamiliar with this, that could have been anything. Yeah. So, and if you are familiar with it, it's a you lovely You know what tease. is coming. Yeah. And we find out the Doctor is an enemy of the Daleks and must be destroyed. Yes. And the Doctor hates them. Oh yeah, hates them. And it's the with first time fervency. Yeah, we see him lose his cool for probably the first time. We've seen him rip the arms off things in just about every yeah. episode. We've seen him sort of refuse to intervene and if, if essentially let somebody die yeah um through his lack of action um but yeah this is the first time we really see him absolutely kick off. lose his temper yeah. and and lose lose any sense of composure because he does even say if that it has no purpose if it can't kill what yeah. is it doing here yes so again, that's that's almost cruel, scathing. He's really yeah. out for blood. Absolutely, I do think Eccleston absolutely nails his performance. Um, a little tidbit: um, he said in an interview, I can't remember exactly where. So this is kind of like secondhand, but yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, I remember reading that he'd 
he was essentially trying to play that scene as though he was a Holocaust survivor oh, really? uh, in, in like um, encountering a former Nazi oh, really? prison guard. Um, so that was kind of the, the the energy he was trying to bring to that scene. Yeah. It's that kind of hatred because, of course, it. I don't think it's a spoiler to say Daleks are essentially big metal space Nazis. Yes, that is yeah. their entire purpose. They were. Um, they were created by Terry Nation, um, a man who who lived through the Second World War, um, and the first uh, the first ever Dalek story. It is essentially an allegory for the the debate between um, pacifism and uh, action uh, in the face of fascism, rising fascism. That's and you know they're Nazis. They they they, they want nothing less. Than the complete destruction of everything that is not a Dalek. Right. Well, that is their raison d'être. As the, the 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 jokes on them because yeah. the, da- the Doctor wipes out ten million ships in a second. Yeah. All but we assume this, this one, one Dalek that somehow slipped through and the net. As much as the Doctor loses his cool when he sees the Dalek. Yeah. He is ice cold cool when he tells the Dalek that fact. Yes, he's the one that made it happen. Yeah, he's he's kind of proud of that. Which, um, I don't know. It just didn't seem like in character that I'd built up of the Doctor. Yeah, he's been this jovial, you know, almost historian. Yeah, he travels through time. Yeah, and there's events. Yeah, he's in one way or another either involved or acknowledges yeah. them. This is the first time we see he's had a major impact. Yeah, he is essentially committed to genocide. Yeah. 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 Or this near is, enough. This is the second race he's wiped out after the Nestine consciousness. He didn't wipe out the Nestine. You know, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then there is, after this sort of heated emotional crisis, there is a yeah. moment where he realises... He is the bad guy, or could be perceived to be, mm-hmm. and it's probably one of the bits I did like in this episode. Oh yeah, there's just that moment of oh my god. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's two sides in every war. Yeah. He's... Doesn't the, is this the scene where the Dalek says we are the same, or, or words um, to that effect? Th- I'm sure. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Which is. Um... Yeah, it's an interesting and, and challenging for fans of the classic series, especially, to basically say, yeah, the Doctor is capable of basically the same level of hate as, as the, Daleks the Daleks are known for. Yeah, because yeah. It, it does say in the last Time War, which has been this sort of mysterious factor yeah. I've been trying to piece together, Yeah, they do say that everyone lost. The Time Lords burnt with the Daleks. Mm. So, you know... That's obviously where the rage comes from, but then he's counteracted. He's fought fire with fire, essentially. Mm. Okay, so yes, the they're told the Doctor and the Dalek are the same. Okay? Yeah, and the Doctor then tries to kill the Dalek. Yes. Okay. Again, just that little bit of heat in his emotions there, mm. ever so slightly. Yeah. You know, I think at one point, doesn't he try and convince the Dalek to kill itself? Yeah, he does. He definitely does tell it to, to kill itself. Yeah. yeah. Just it's pretty dark stuff. Nasty pasty. Yeah. Uh, but and this is what, what I mean when I say, you know, the Doctor is, for, especially for a family TV show, he's a complicated character. Like, morally, 
and um, like it, 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 he is not just this paragon of virtue. Yeah, I, I would he say is, he is to, as fallible as any other. To human use being. an old D and D reference, yeah. he has up until this point been true neutral. Yeah, you know he's just been this observer of time. Yeah, and then this is the first time, really. You know, there's been nods to it when there was the tree people mm. in that episode where yeah. they, you know, said he's a time lord. This is the first time it's, you know, the yeah. curtain's been pulled back. I would say, yeah, I've ne I've never. It's weird. I've never thought to try and put the Doctor on the um, the D and D alignment chart. Um, it would be easier to do it in certain for certain incarnations of the Doctor, or perhaps yeah. the Doctor in certain circumstances. But the the thing is, his morality is so fluid. Yeah. Um, Chaotic and good at times. Chaotic good. I would say chaotic neutral, aspiring chaotic good. Yeah. More often than not, chaotic good, but he slips up. Yes. On occasions. Yeah. And um, this is the, maybe the first time we're really seeing him slip in this episode. Yeah. So Van Staten interrupts this conflict. Yeah. And the Dalek refuses to engage. Okay. So prior yeah. to the Doctor arriving, they knew... There was an alien, yeah, but it was reclusive. All they could do was make it scream in pain. Yes, yeah, yeah. It wasn't going to acknowledge yeah. humankind. Yeah. Okay. So whilst this is happening, Adam gives Rose a tour of the museum. Yes. Okay. And when Adam was eight, he logged into the U.S. defense system. Now we've well, established <laughs> that is not difficult. Yeah. yeah. If he's if he's an eight-year-old that likes buffaloes. <laughs> You know, he gets there. Yeah. He gets there, probably yeah. without even trying. That's the thing. Is this not the scene where he says that he's a genius? Yeah. And it's just like, I don't buy that for a second. No, I no. just don't. I'm sorry, mate. You You're know. not a genius. And we know that, you know, Ricky did it, and he's not a genius. Yeah. Or Mickey, depending Mickey. Yeah. who you are, what side you of are. the fence yeah. you fall down. <laughs> yeah. And they observe some security footage, okay, and Rose sees the Dalek being tortured. Okay, now yeah. it's that reoccurring theme of when anybody, you know, she senses wrong is being done to somebody. Yeah. She begins to intervene. Yeah. It's it's that emotional intelligence again. Yeah. Coming to bear. And obviously she has no emotional attachment to the Daleks on either side. So no. whether she likes them or not. And then the Doctor explains the Daleks to Rose. So they are mm -hmm. metal armour. Yes. I think I'd always assumed that, although I had little knowledge. I always yeah. thought there must have been something inside. You never thought they were just robots? Because that is a common misconception. Yeah, pro I don't know. I probably did, actually. Mm. I don't know. As soon as he said they were metal armour, that made sense to me. But yes. Yeah, I think yeah. I probably did think they were just robots, actually. I mean, because the thing is, they, are, they aren't... Because they're not humanoid in the way a robot yeah. often is. And, and they, they are built almost like tanks. Yeah. They're, yeah. Is that an intentional design to make them as alien as possible, do you think? You know, when we go know. back to the other yeah. episode and we have the mocks of Balhoon and the face of Bo, yeah. they're all, in one way or another, human. Yeah. You know, the mocks of Balhoon's a little yeah. blue man, yeah. the face of Bo's a giant human head. Yeah. I think it's because they were making it up as they went along. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, 
that those early episodes, you know, this was being back in 1963, mm-hmm. um, where sort of B movies and, and and things like that were were all the rage, and you could just get away with any old shit. Yeah, really. It if shows. it looked, if it looked, if it looked sort of weird and alien and and something, they certainly the the BBC at the time were not prepared for them to take off in the way that they did. Right. Um, and we will much, much, much further down the line. I do have plans for us to watch something a bit special, which right. will maybe explore the origin of the Daleks a little more. Okay. But um, okay. Yeah, from a, from a uh, out of universe perspective. Right. The. Okay. The only emotion they can feel is hate. Yeah. Okay. They are muted. Yes. And this one, the Doctor believes, has possibly fallen through time. That's the hand-wavy explanation for yeah. why, why we have here. a Dalek when supposedly they're all wiped out by the time war. Yeah. So Van Staten realises that all this understanding must mean the Doctor himself is an alien. Yeah, it's a reasonable assumption. And he's captured. Yeah. Okay. And there's a little bit of science. We find out the Doctor's got two hearts. Oh, yes, yeah. This is the first mention of it in the uh, series, isn't it? Is that an important plot point? Has it ever come up in the past? Has he been shot in the heart and he's, ooh, I've got another one? It's certainly come up in the classic series. Um, Often often when the Doctor ends up in you know, in hospital or at the hands of some earth professional who, uh, health professional who thinks that, who looks at him and assumes he's human and then um, uh, finds out too late that he actually has two hearts. Yeah. Um, that's been an issue. Actually, it's a major plot point in the regeneration scene of uh, Sylvester McCoy into Paul McGann in the 1996 oh. movie. I can't so, remember that. I, yeah. I remember the movie. I think we are going to have to I remember the fact that, that I've seen the movie. Yeah. Little else. I think we're we going to have to have, have a crack at that one day. We'll get there. Okay. And yeah. the Dalek simply desires escape now to kill the Doctor. Yeah. And then presumably everyone else afterwards. Yeah, but... It, Starting with the Doctor, because the Doctor is particularly annoying. Him. Yeah, well, once he kills the Doctor, he's won the Time War. Pretty much, yeah. Although I know nothing of the Time War. I'm guessing now it's just personal between these two. Well, they are the only survivors of the two major parties, so yeah. yeah. So Rose, having seen that the Dalek's in pain, decides to visit it. Yeah. And finds out it's in pain. Yeah. To be fair, Daleks always sound like they're in pain. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But this one is dying. Yeah. Not just in pain. Yeah. Uh, So Rose as we know, is a compassionate person, mm-hmm. reaches out to touch it, and this is the first time that compassion fails her? Yes, it certainly has unintended consequences. Yeah. And it essentially revitalises the Dalek. Yeah, so it essentially takes on some of Rose. Yeah, we established that a bit later on. I, yeah. well, we don't really know exactly what's happened. We see her handprint sort of flash and on the. It just says cellular yeah. reconstruction. Yes, and but. and and it's sort. You can see that it starts to. I don't know how, but the ex, the metal exterior goes from sort of dusty to and rusty to kind of shiny and bright yeah. again. Um, yeah. yeah, the healing hands of Billy Piper. Exactly. Yeah, and the Dalek then breaks free. Yes. Okay. Now going back to what we discussed earlier about the Daleks just being a bit rubbish. Mm-hmm. The guard 
basically says what I would say in that scenario and says, yeah. what are you going to do? Sucker me to death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, is the simple answer there. Yes. Yes, and he it, will. It all gets a bit wheelie bin from episode one. Uh-huh. You didn't like that moment. I'm not, I, well, we don't really see the payoff. It puts the sucker on the face. Yeah. And then does it... He, I think you hear some sort of scrunching noises. Does it consume the man or does it just no, kill it will, him? No, it will have just crushed his skull and left it at that. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, there is a limit to what you can show at tea time on a Saturday on BBC One. Yeah. And I don't know if it's intentional or not as a hark back to the classic Daleks. Yeah. But it moves so incredibly slowly. This yes. scene where it escapes... Just drags <laughs> and drags and drags. Yes. Um, Daleks are not speedy. Um, there is the the out-of-universe reason for that is that they were big, lumbering hunks of fiberglass yeah. with a person inside that it was hard to move at any kind of snappy pace. And because, of course, they start out moving slowly and um, uh, Doctor Who fans try not to, you know, they try to adhere to the continuity where it's all possible. They have remained slow throughout um, throughout the decades. And even now when, when modern audiences are, may, are maybe used to a certain paciness yeah. to their villains and because the threats, there is... Without jumping too yeah. far ahead, there's a brilliant moment, yeah. perhaps in the next scene, where the Dalek has killed everybody. Yes. There's some pretty nice X-ray kill shots. I yeah. thought that was quite nice. Yeah, but it's a pretty good effect, I, I think. Um, the the um, the Dalek kill effects in the classic series are both wildly inconsistent from story to story and director to director, um, and also generally pretty underwhelming. The most common one would be that you they would play the noise and it would kind of like. Uh, you know when you invert the colours on an yeah. image? Yeah. They would often do that for a second, but just the whole screen would right. invert for a second and then back again. See, so it's kind of referencing that because the people look sort of inverted for a second. And more and you get that bluish thing. But yeah, yeah, and you see their skeleton for a second. It, and, it, it did yeah. make me laugh. It does that. It kills all the people. Yes. The dead bodies litter the floor. Yeah. And then the Dalek awkwardly has to go the long way around <laughs> because it's pass blocked. Yeah. They're not always the best forward planners. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know, it's done it all this. Lumbers and along. It's ready to yeah. go on it, this massacre and then oh, just got to go the long way around <laughs> just awkwardly. But one, yeah. one thing we didn't allude to there is yeah. prior to this killing, the Dalek absorbs the entire internet. Oh, yes, it does. As owned by uh, Henry Van Staten, as yeah. we established earlier I in mean, the same episode. Again, not to get ahead of ourselves, we'll probably yeah. talk about that quite a lot in episode seven. Yeah. But it's 2005. The, the internet is not in its infancy. No. How does no one quality assure these episodes, <laughs> you know. As I say, I mean, four-year-old men. I appreciate, you know, nowadays the internet is integral to everyday life. Yeah. Maybe in a way it wasn't in 2005. No, it was a bit more opt-in back then still. But, you know, I, I think people yeah. could wrap their heads around it. Yeah. Um, it's... We are, we are still in that... We're in that weird phase where... With the, with the internet, where it was a, certainly a presence and a known quantity for an awful lot of people, but 
there was still it still had this magic fairy dust quality to it. I think people were still writers in particular were very seduced by the internet as a concept and maybe didn't feel they needed to maybe adhere to the reality of what the internet actually is in a way that now it's a bit like trying to sell the idea of a, a of a grounded story set in present day earth mm. but there are flying cars if it's just it's just like they they there was a, a sense in which back then people when they were writing about the internet they just write it the way they wanted mm. it to be for the purposes of the story if if you absorb the whole internet yeah do you think they'd be more bad than good yeah i don't i don't know i certainly don't think it would make me smarter i think on balance it would maybe make me dumber yeah cuz if you think about you're not just you're not just absorbing all of wikipedia you're also absorbing the comments under every YouTube video yeah. ever. Yeah. All of Reddit. Yeah. All it's, the porn. Yeah, so much <laughs> porn. Yeah. So, yeah, on balance, <laughs> I don't know that it would be quite the quite the boost. I don't think to... it would be a blessing. Yeah. There's a superhero concept in there, isn't there? Well, there was... Internet man. There was a Marvel character yeah. who was a friend of Cable. Yeah. Now, I came across him in the Deadpool Cable run, which is probably my all-time favourite comic run. Mm -hmm. There's a character called Black Box, who essentially is the information of the planet. Oh, interesting. And so, the internet ran through him, news broadcasts. Uh -huh. it, again, was sort of getting into Episode 7 territory, but there, oh, is, yeah. Yeah. there is this character, Black Box, yeah. who everything goes through in terms of that in the Marvel Universe. Cool. I don't know if he's still around. The, the Cable Deadpool run just sort of ended. Yeah. And I'll check that. Whatever happened to that guy. Okay. So Rose does the most 1980s joke of all time. Uh -huh. the, the best way to escape a Dalek is just simply go upstairs. Yeah. That's what I assumed was the case. Yeah. And it can fly. Very, very slowly. Could it fly in classic Doctor Who? Yes, I I don't write in nerds. I may get this wrong. I haven't watched the McCoy era yet. I believe the Sylvester McCoy era, which was the last of the main classic run. Yeah, there is a serial called I think Remembrance of the Daleks, which is the first time that we see Daleks fly. Right, and it's not necessarily directed brilliantly and a lot of and people watched that story and still didn't know that Daleks could fly so, it certainly and because it was happening so late on in the process it was not popular what, knowledge what, at that was point. their ability to fly introduced to counteract this argument that yeah. you can just go upstairs yeah basically right. just like that it was it was getting pretty tire, tiresome, and also it genuinely is a, a bit of a thing where like it, it kind of stretches credulity if every Dalek story happens on a completely flat surface. Yeah, surely they would just knock down all the buildings. Yeah, that that would be my counter argument. Just if people yeah. are in office blocks, just burn knock them down. down. Yeah. Okay. So the Doctor at this point is sort of with a military squad. Yeah. And he found that sort of personal security yeah. unit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one one thing we haven't discussed up until this point is at every point we see Van Staten. Yeah, he has this female assistant. Yeah, she is such a nothing character. We are now halfway through the episode. We're yeah. into Act Two. Yeah, and we just haven't even mentioned her. Yeah, I mean, up until the finale, 
She serves no purpose. No, she's kind of introduced in the first... Because when we introduce... when they Going all the way back to the introduction of Van Staten, um, it's like a sort of walking, walk and talk thing, sort mm. of West Wing style. He's yeah. strutting down the corridor, barking orders at people. And he's got one assistant who says the wrong thing. I forget what he says. Yeah, and um, he's ordered... He's to just told to yeah. wipe his memory, dump him. I think is it somewhere with M? Somewhere yeah. that starts with M. Yeah. Because so, I, I thought this woman would become a Harriet Jones type character. We'd see some development. Yeah. We just don't. She's just there. Right. She is just sort of there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I literally don't think she features in my notes up until the very end. Yeah. When she kind of steps in, but in an almost deus ex machina way. Yeah. 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 But anyway, we'll get there. In a way that has no bearing on the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the Doctor explains to this military squad he's with, Daleks simply want to kill in a racial cleansing. We've discussed that. Mm -hmm. And they're surrounded by a force field. Yeah. But the eyepiece is their weak spot. Yes. Okay. Now, if you were faced with an alien. Yeah. Okay. And you have an expert of those aliens telling you exactly how to kill those aliens. Yeah. Would you then ignore all that advice? The the military squad. You know, yeah. they're like Star Wars stormtroopers. They just blind fire. Yeah, yeah. Is this the moment where there's the, the one guy says, thank you, but I think I know how to kill one teen robot. Yeah. yeah. And just yeah. kind of casually dismisses that yeah. and probably... You know, you you know from that moment that that guy is dead. Yeah, yeah. And then the Dalek harks back to one of my favourite films, Carrie. Yeah. Sets off the fire alarm, electrocutes everyone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pretty brutal. And he says basically he'll only speak to the Doctor. Yeah. So there's a reckoning on the horizon yeah. between yeah. these two. Okay. He also says he's going to follow his primary order to conquer. Yes. Okay. And it's actually at this point that the Doctor tells the Dalek if it wants to kill, it should kill itself. Yeah. In my notes, I've just put, that's a bit much. It's mm. a bit strong. It's meant to be. It's meant to make you feel that, that level of discomfort in this person that you're, up until this point, you've been thought, led to believe, is the hero, you know, yeah. the titular hero of Doctor Who. And then you just, you're just like, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's weird because, you know, we have also seen this thing Murder basically every human being has come across for the last yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, the Dalek then tells the Doctor he would make a good Dalek. Yeah. Oh. Some shape thrown there. Yeah. And you can see Eccleston does well here. Yeah. He, he's clearly not happy with that. That's like the one thing that's yeah. really going to irritate him. Yeah. So, at this point, people are escaping running away, and the Doctor closes a bulkhead door that traps Rose with the Dalek. Yeah, because she's... Like, Adam gets through. Yeah, and unfortunately. Uh, yeah, and Rose is just a little bit too slow. But, again, yeah, there's, you know, a nice moment here. She says it's not his fault. We go back to last episode where he says he couldn't make any promises he could keep her safe. Yeah. She just seems to, at this point, enjoy the thrill of the adventure. Yeah, I think she's becoming a bit of an adrenaline junkie. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I think she's basically decided her, her life on Earth was... No would have been Would have been decades of 
tedium. She didn't want yeah. that life. She's so, gone for the adventure. Yeah, even if it gets her killed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's at this point, I've just written in my notes, Doctor Who goes fucking apeshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this when he starts rummaging around looking for the biggest gun he can find, basically? Um, well, or I think it's before oh, yeah. then. Yes. He just grabs Van Staten yeah. and just basically says everything is his fault. Oh, God, yeah, really yeah. Really yeah. lambasts him. Yeah. yeah. He gives him both barrels. Okay. And the Dalek at this point becomes scared. Mm-hmm. The only emotion other than hate it's ever yeah. displayed, ever known. Yeah. Okay, so through its contact with Rose, it becomes contaminated. Yes. So at yeah. this point, could it, be, with emotion. could it be considered partly human? Perhaps, yeah. But, you know, we've said it's a mutant. So. Yes, yes. Interesting. Do you want to know a little bit of pointless trivia here? Go on. Do you want to know what the mutant creatures, um, what the race that the mutants of the Daleks are, are descended from? Go on. They are called Harleds. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I can top that because Do- yeah. Dr. Robotnik from Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. His, his own... only correct name, incidentally. Yeah. Not Dr. Eggman, not no. Eggman. But his original name before he was corrupted and turned evil by yeah. his mad science is Dr. Jan Kinterbor. And Kinterbor is Robotnik backwards. So wow. Well, that's there you go. something I... Little bit of trivia. Maybe, maybe the writers of Sonic were inspired by Terry Nation and maybe. his massively unimaginative I, naming of it, things. It took me to this year when I revisited Sonic 2 mm-hmm. that I realised Sonic's friend, Tails, yeah. his real name is Miles, Yes, and his surname is Prower. So his name is Miles Prower. I never knew that. That's good, isn't it? I mean, I knew his name was Miles. Because every time I've seen it, it's yeah. written Miles, Tails, Prower. But if you take the tails out, yeah. it's miles per hour. Yeah. You've blown my mind there. There we go. Wow. There we go. We're all... It's a learning experience. Absolutely. Podcast. I'm almost willing to forgive you for not liking this episode as much as me. Um, okay. <laughs> so, Doctor Who. This is the point he starts looking at... I've just put uncatalogued weapons. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to describe them. Yeah. I, I was expecting... Almost a hark to Men in Black, where he yeah. would take the weapon that was actually ridiculously small, but yeah. it would be the most powerful, but he didn't. Yeah. And, and most, most of them were either broken or not even weapons. I think one of them was a hairdryer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like yes. It's all yeah. a bit of nothing. Yeah. And so Rose stops the Dalek, killing yes. Van Staten. Yes. She's able to... She talks him out of it. Yeah, through that bond yeah. they seem yeah. to share. Because it decides, rather than killing and racial cleansing, mm-hmm. now all that it wants is its freedom. Yes. Okay. And the first, this is my first experience yeah. of the Dalek opening and of seeing its face. Yeah, your first sight of a Khaled mutant. Yeah, and it made me, going back to what I was saying before about Teenage Mutant mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles, it reminded me a lot of Krang. Yeah, definitely. I can see the similarity. And uh, it was okay. The effects were yeah. okay. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was like when we saw the Pigman last week, and I think they did a pretty good job of updating the Carnage mutants mm. and making them a sort, making it seem like a credible thing. I love all of the the, the, the gloop and mucus. Yeah, it's a bit and, blamongy. Yeah, it's it's properly unsettling, and I and I like that one eye that it's got mm. that you. Does that like, link to previous design? Yeah, that's pretty faithful. Pretty faithful, just just kind of updated and done 
a lot better than it had been up until that point. Okay. So when it reveals itself, the Doctor prepares to kill it. Yeah. Rose talks him out of it with a nice speech. Yeah. And... Yeah, because th- this is kind of crazy. You, you're seeing the Doctor, generally a, 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 a character that abhors weaponry, doesn't carry weapons of his own. I, I think it's interesting. You, a lot of new fans, especially I've noticed when I've watched like American fans discovering the series for the first time, a lot of their, them early on, they're saying, why doesn't he carry a gun? That's their first question. Why on earth doesn't he carry a gun? But that's always been the case. The, the Doctor doesn't carry weapons. Yeah. Um, but all of a sudden, he's got this big fuck-off alien weapon yeah. mounted on his shoulder, pointed straight at this thing. But due and to the proximity, would the blast also have killed Rose? <laughs> quite possibly. Do you think that's a risk he would have taken to kill the Daleks? I don't know. I mean, do you remember in uh, the previous episode when uh, he was debating, he um, he had a choice between saving everyone and losing Rose. Yes. And that was a tough choice for him then. So, yeah. he the thing, One of the things is, one of his weak spots is that he gets very attached to his yeah. humans. Yeah. Like, to the point of it being a blind spot for him. So I don't think if he thought Rose was in danger, he would have pulled the trigger. So the Dalek is mutating. Yeah. To the point it doesn't recognise itself as Dalek anymore. No, it's and it's got too many weird emotions going on in there. And it asks Rose to command it to die. Yeah. Which it does with not the best CGI. No, it's not. I it's, think I it's think, one of the moments that does date this episode. Yeah, I think, I think you know, yeah. we discussed in the the first episode the CGI wasn't great and then I think we were spoiled a bit last episode because it was actually quite good. Yeah. And then this goes back to not being great. Yeah. Um, but I do think it was an interesting... The concept of it was an interesting and creative use of the otherwise purely decorative uh, sort of balls yeah. on the exterior yeah. of the Dalek. Yeah, I, I of, never they, knew what purpose they served. I don't think anybody did until Robert Shearman wrote that into the script. Right. And... Um, so to describe it for those who haven't seen it, the Dalek sort of floats up a bit um, and the, the, the sort of balls, the big studs on the outside of it kind of detach and form a sort of sphere that then kind of crackles with electricity and then just sort of goes whip yeah. and implodes. And so, yeah, not a brilliantly executed effect. It looks a little bit PlayStation 2. Yeah. But I like the concept of it. Um, am I right in thinking that the Dalek has three frontal appendages, an eye, a sucker, and a weapon. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Right. So uh, the the eye stalk is the central one from from uh, from its sort of head dome area, and then you've got the, the sucker is your general multi-purpose tool. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we see it at one point, you uses it to like decode it like a keypad. Yeah. And you can see sort of little suction, which again was another interesting, cool effect. Something we'd never seen with Daleks in the classic series. Generally, that that sucker just sort of hangs around limply. Um, you occasionally see it sort of upturned, holding a tray or yeah. something like that. It's it's not. It doesn't look as effective a multi-purpose tool as they make it out to yes. be. <laughs> and and it's at this point that the Dalek does blow up, and yeah. We see Van Staten basically has his memory wiped at this point due to the 
deaths caused by the yeah. Daleks. Yeah, basically you have a sort of coup scenario where yes. his assistant has, has basically decided, no, this has gone too far, you've endangered and killed way too many people with your actions, and decides to basically shut the whole project down. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, Doctor Who. And now the internet doesn't have an owner. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. Where do all of those internet profits go? It must be like the Wild West. <laughs> God. Uh, it really is a, you know, a poison chalice, the internet, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so Doctor Who is the last survivor of the Time War. Yes. And he wins, basically. Checkmate. Um, yeah, as far as we can tell. Unless, that was the last Dalek. Unless it yeah. happens in... Both yeah. the past and the future simultaneously. I mean, it's, it's kind of it's. You would say it's a somewhat. It's a. It's a pretty bitter victory, you know, because he also lost all of his people in the process. Yeah, which is you know a pretty big, uh, pretty big loss. Pretty big loss. Yeah, that's quite quite the uh, bill. But, so yeah. they decide they're going to take Adam along with them. Yeah. I mean, I guess Rose kind of wants to shag him, but for reasons that just make me... Surely they could just know. go back to 2005, see Ricky slash Mickey. Yeah. You know. I don't know. He, he's she out. could definitely do better than Adam. Does Does Ricky or Mickey reappear in the series without spoilers? I mean, do you want me to... Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I'd invite Adam with me. No, it wouldn't be my first choice. I mean, he's done nothing to endear us uh, to him over the course of this episode. He's, you know, talked a big game about being a genius. He had very little show for but it. But as, as we know, you know, yeah. we've discussed the role of intelligence in Doctor Who. Yeah. And we've said ourselves, it's yeah. not the most important thing. Mm. You know, I, I regret their decision to take him. Yeah. And knowing where the story goes, I regret it even more. <laughs> Shall we uh, kind of leave it there then? Hold on, because as right. always, I watched the trailer for the next episode. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. And okay. all I've written is Simon Pegg. Yeah. I'm excited for this. Yeah. Bit of Simon Pegg. Yeah. That's, you know, that's quite, you know, obviously this is his pre Hollywood megastardom. I think yes. this came out maybe. Just after Shaun of the Dead or yeah. something, so that's um, it. He's he's for, on the rise for as much as Hollywood love him now. He has been in certain sectors of British society. He represents all that is good about being a nerd. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the, I can't remember the quote exactly, but there's a famous quote by him saying yeah. that being a nerd, being a geek, is simply being passionate about things. And, exactly. Yeah. You know, he's heralded as somewhat of a champion. In. Definitely, I think he he was he was around doing sort of nerd related comedy when the the sort of nerds were just on the rise and the sort of the 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 mainstream nature of geek culture that we see now um, was just starting to emerge back when he was doing Spaced yeah. in sort of yeah. nineteen ninety nine. That's it. The, um, you know the the speech from Spaced about episode one. Yeah, Phantom Menace. I mean, we talked about that last week, but his speech about how it compares just, you know, represented the views of the time. Yeah, flawlessly. absolutely. So I think he, he was, um, yeah, he was in the right place at the right time. 
Yeah. With the right ideas. He's in the Edgar right place. At the right <laughs> oh, time. I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Simon Pegg, that should be interesting. Yep. Sure, yep. they were looking massively uh, squander that opportunity. Uh, I shall think so. And with that, we'll, we'll leave it there. So, thanks as ever for listening. Um, and, yeah, see you next time. Here we go. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. Feel free to get in contact with us. Our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com. Alternatively, over Twitter, we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.